Hey there, NFT Curious listener. Ethan here from Edge of NFT. We did it! Along with my incredible co-hosts Jeff and Josh, as well as along with the huge crew of Rockstar team members we assembled, we have just pulled off a stellar inaugural NFTLA event featuring the creme de la creme of Web3 and leveraging the vibrant entertainment scene of Los Angeles. This episode is one of a series featuring content from the NFTLA event, which happened March 28th to the 31st, 2022. Today's session is among those where one of us Edge of NFT co-hosts facilitated a main stage talk or breakout panel. This recording features me conducting a panel with some of the heaviest hitters in NFT art, discussing how NFTs have turned the world of digital art on its head. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Let's start diving right in here, um, introducing the folks on the panel. Uh, you know, we've got about you know a half hour, forty minutes. You know, really pushing forty minutes before the next session starts. Man, I feel like I would love to talk to this whole group for the whole day. <laughs> so we'll see what we can squeeze in and get a bit of wisdom and, and uh, knowledge from each of them. Um, I'm gonna let them each introduce themselves briefly, just so they can give their own stories. They like to tell it. Um, and then I'll dive in, kind of leading us into some topics of conversation, and we'll see where that leads us. Um, probably not time for Q&A, but if you have something really important to say, I don't know, I'm trying to make yourself known. <laughs> so um, I'll, just, I'll just start introducing myself, and I'll pass it off to each of our panelists. I'm Ethan Janney. I'm the uh, co-host of the Edge of NFT podcast, and believe it or not, this whole NFTLA conference actually started from a podcast that started from nothing exactly one year ago. Yesterday was our birthday of the first podcast episode released. And uh, just because we're getting a round of applause for that, I'll say, you know, people ask us, how did we put this together? And we don't really even know. And when I try to think about it, I say it's because of you guys and you guys, right? We're all a community here. And, um, and, and really, it takes everybody being participatory and active and creative and self-expressive and showing up and, and being a part of it to make this happen. So thank you guys for, for making us look good by being here and being cool people. So first I'll pass it along to Justin. You mind introducing yourself, tell people a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Justin Aversano. I'm an artist. I am a CEO of Quantum Art and co-founder of Save Art Space. And we're here to make art. Beautiful, thanks, Ed. Hey there, everybody. Um, my name is Edward Zipko. You can call me Ed. I'm the director and co-founder of Super Chief Gallery and Super Chief Gallery NFT. We opened the world's first NFT gallery, brick and mortar IRL NFT gallery last year as well. We uh, we also just celebrated our one year anniversary, uh, March 25th. Nice. Yeah, that's a great thing. Lady Cactoid. Um, I'm Lady Cactoid. I'm a curator and have been working in the museum and gallery world for most of my career um, and been very interested in art and technology. My husband is a Solidity developer, so we're working together on a bunch of NFT initiatives. Um, 
one of them being uh, an NFT initiative at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. And yeah, I'm just very happy to be here. Nicole. Hi, I'm Nicole Buffett. Um, I'm a painter uh, by nature, and now I'm an NFT artist, and now um, who knows what else I'll become, because this whole space is such a space of evolution and growth, and I'm so honored to be here. Awesome. Yeah, we've got, we've got some, I don't know if they would think of themselves this way, but the words coming to my mind here is heavy hitters. We've got people who are really heavy hitters in the way that they're like, hitting heavy with their heart, putting themselves out there, really like pushing the boundaries of what's going on, taking ownership of what it means to be Web3. So I'm thinking about like a first topic of conversation here. Uh, on the podcast, the topic comes up with like, are NFTs here to stay, things like that. And what I always think about is, it's kind of like asking if any new invention or any new technology is here to stay and what it's gonna be when you first see it. We really don't know. So like the wheel was an invention, it's still here. There's still modifications of it. I met a guy who made a shark wheel. That's like a square wheel. He reinvented the wheel again, right? Just maybe like five or 10 years ago. So uh, what I see is like NFTs or a medium, just like the printing press or something like that, opens up a world of new opportunities and it's really up to us to explore what that means. And I know um, I'll start with you, Justin, on this topic of like media. Right, and we have all these different mediums in which we can make art, and I know you like to kind of like translate between sorts of different ones, printing screens, and photography, and stuff like that. So, I just want your general thoughts on like what is a what is a medium? What does media mean to you and to the NFT space? And how is NFT a medium all in itself? I see that NFTs are a vehicle for the mediums to exist through the internet, through decentralization, and that people are powering the validation nodes of how these things exist on the blockchain. I think the blockchain technology itself is a revolutionary act and artists leading the way on the blockchain is really what's gonna have everything be on the blockchain. And it's really the artists are always leading the way. Beautiful. Um, Ed, I know you're, you know you're deeply intertwined with artists in New York and Los Angeles. Um, and uh, when we talk about like, the digital media, you go over to Super Cheap Galleries and all these really cool digital artworks. But there's some like physical artworks in there as well. Can you talk about like media as it pertains to what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to, for us it was really important to legitimize NFTs from like the art world perspective and make sure that artists that are coming into it are having like a healthy, good experience, getting good guidance. But I think like to speak to your point earlier as far as like media and medium, I feel like Echoing off what Justin's saying, where it's this first, it's about the blockchain just being a revolutionary moment, like a game changer for artists with royalties, provenance, and all of it. But also it's this really meaningful moment between uh, technology and art, where it's kind of the first time communities are intersecting in a meaningful way. And the doors are kind of open to use NFTs and the blockchain as a departure point for creativity and to see it as like a toolkit where now artists are interacting with tech firms as like, you know, creating use cases and new ways, just as you were saying, to kind of be creative and invent new wheels or reinvent the wheel again and again through a thousand different prisms. I think it's really, that's this really wonderful moment we're having right now. Beautiful. That lady, Cactoid, and you're kind of coming from trying to bridge the traditional 
art world a little bit into this world? How do you see this? You know, I think that time is, we think of time as being linear, um, but quantum physics teaches us that it's actually circular. Um, and so what I'm interested in is having a conversation with artists who are experimenting on the blockchain and the, the, the grand scope of our past and our futures and putting artists into conversation with art history, with objects that are 2,000 years old, with objects that are made yesterday. Um, one of the beautiful things that Justin has been doing are these screen prints on papyrus that he sources from the Nile River in Egypt. And you know, that materiality of these, the, 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 the grain of the papyrus, bringing that into this digital space, and just having a conversation about the process and what artists are taking inspiration from because there's so much, there's so much discussion about the market and the economic opportunities which are very real and are fueling all of this experimentation, but I think there needs to be, you know, more conversations about what are the stories that are, are you know, are fueling the art in the first place. Um, so that's kind of what I'm interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm picking up off where you're saying Lady Cactoids. I think that um, it's, it is about more. In this case, more is more. And, you know, it, it, this Web3 is like a translation space for, for all of us. So it kind of translates any language and all languages into even more languages for more people to connect and understand. And, and no one's left out. And so I love, I love the inclusion and the culture of inclusion that the space is offering. You know, artists and everyone, basically anything you want to create um, can be translated in the space. And um, I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's, that's a great topic to kind of roll into next about anything that can be created can be rolled into the space. And uh, Nicole and I like, had this sort of happenstance discovery that we both did the same artist residency called Jurassic various different moments um, in history, uh, which is a great residency. Look it up, there's really interesting artists and, and a story behind it. But, um, you know, they're not necessarily heavy into this blockchain stuff or this NFT stuff, and we want to help them. Um, Andre, I told you about that too, we need your help. <laughs> but, um, you know, this topic of like, can a piece of woodworking, you know, integrate with NFTs and blockchain? Like, does this have to be digital art? Um, can it be dance? Can it be all these different medium um, of expression that don't necessarily traditionally connect to digital? Um, what do we think about that? And how do we, I kind of think I know the answer, <laughs> that we think those other mediums can kind of be involved in the NFT. How does that happen and how do we bring those people into the space? I'm just going to go this direction. <laughs> so you're talking about just let's say, wood, stuff. Let's say I make beautiful Yeah, let's say I make beautiful woodworking artwork, right? Works of art. Is there, is there a use case? Is it important for me as a maker to learn about blockchain and NFTs in order to move forward in, in my career or my expression? So in a similar way, I want you to think about how artists were using Instagram to show their portfolio, everything they're making from like fashion photography to just being a designer or a woodworker and showing that. So the blockchain is more so in a way where you can monetize on your creation and receive royalties, like Ed was saying earlier, which is pretty much the most revolutionary part for artists in general. 
is that we get royalties forever. And I think artists, musicians, everyone who creates deserves that. And you know that's where that's where we're at. And going on to the point of the physical, you know, you could create a physical GLB file of the thing you're creating that's three-dimensional or a photograph that represents the thing, just like you would posting an Instagram photo. So I do say yes, it's 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 available. It's just a means of building community around the work, which we've been doing through followings and followers and whatnot. So I think it's just the same kind of idea, just in a different we're seeing it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this earlier, I forget, Nicole or, or Lady Cactoid, of just like, yeah, if somebody made a beautiful chair, for example, attach an NFT to it, now if that chair gets traded or sold in the future, there's a royalty on it. It's as simple as that, right? It doesn't even matter if it has a digital twin or anything like that. It's just really beautiful that this can start to be that integrated, right? That was the biggest reason why we got involved with NFTs, was just that we wanted to make sure that it was both like, we really wanted to make sure that it made it past that first year of really getting like group acceptance, group awareness. You know, it wasn't mass culture awareness, but it definitely was like the scenes for the art world. They were like the use cases and the seeing that there could be happy, positive stories that came out of it instead of people just like having terrible experiences and getting shot, you know, like, you know, shot out of the room. But like, I think the uh, making sure that royalties not only are something that are enabled by blockchain, but something that are put forward as a precedent. And it's like, it's ridiculous that good luck having somebody sell a painting for $50,000 and not be interested in royalties at this point. You know, you can't see an entire industry be uh, brought into the blockchain and having these new opportunities and not find the way to create the parallel. And for us, I wanted to make sure that we were putting to bed the idea of the starving artist. I think that's a really terrible thing that we always kind of let happen. And because we couldn't think forward enough to allow the type of respect that's given to other creative endeavors, like you know, singers have royalties, films have royalties. The fact that it's never been brought into this medium or this uh, art world is just something well worth putting time to correcting. So I think that over the last year and a half, and probably the rest of this year will have to continue to do well, but then good luck not having that be for paintings. I think it's there. I like that. Put the uh, starving artist to bed, let them have some rest and relaxation, and wake up and have a nice meal, and let's royalties. get some royalties. royalties. <laughs> get them some royalties. Uh, and freedom. Yeah. And happiness. Yes, and shelter and other human rights. Yes, let's and get sovereignty. Right. Yes. Financial sovereignty, spiritual sovereignty. Absolutely. On the track. I, I that's the main impetus for me entering this space is when I when I learned about royalties, you know, I've worked in the art world for many years and there are no royalties. If you, if you get to the point in your career, which is rare, that your work is being sold at Christie's or Sotheby's, and you know, to get to that point, there are so many gates that have to be unlocked for you. You have to be, in general, represented by a blue chip gallery. Um, and that gallery has to take you around to fairs for years in order to get to the point where you're being auctioned at Christie's or Sotheby's. And then at that point, you see nothing. You, you don't get any of, you don't get anything. Um, and so when I learned about that, that was just like mind blowing. 
Um, and, but what I didn't expect, because what, what excited me was artistic sovereignty um, and being able to create markets for artists on our own. Um, but I didn't anticipate the dynamism of like the relationship that happens on the blockchain in discords between artists and other artists and collectors and these communities that are, are here. That is just wild. And I feel like it's leading to, to areas that we, we can't foresee at this moment. But um, that's what's so exciting. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the things I think that in, um, kind of in this topic is that art basically is a currency of its own. It's that, you know, art is money. I said to my dad, Dad, I'm actually making money. <laughs> making money with my art, but the art actually is the money. <laughs> exactly, and the technology is actually an articulation of a value system that began inside of our minds. And so the same idea that, you know, money is a concept that it's a physical thing. We don't even really need the physical thing anymore. It's, it's becoming more quantum, meta, physical, and it really is about we collect, collectively decide that something is important. We collectively decide that something is beautiful, important, and included, and that's what we've created. So it's a, it's a coming together of technologists, financial experts, and artists, and I just I think it's incredible. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, generating value. When I hear that, because you know, I have this unique position, and I think that's why this is such a comfortable space for me. I've been in the music realm, I've been in the art realm, I've been in sciences, I've been in entrepreneurship. And when I think about generating values, entrepreneurs say this all the time. We generate value for the client, and so we get a return on investment, you know? But I love hearing it out of your mouth, because they don't really feel like artists get to, they don't, feel entitled to say that they generate value, even though they made somebody cry and have some cathartic experience and change their life, or you know, just have a beautiful, just dance with their friends and like make connection with their family or whatever it is that their art does for people. It's value that you generate, right? So actually, and then just translating to that business language and getting a return investment for it, right? Or getting something back for it, it's beautiful. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. 
That's right, this full service soup to nuts, end to end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes you Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. So you, we, we brought this word, and it's a good time, I'll just indicate. If, if we do have any interesting questions or something, you know, think about it out here. Maybe we'll have time for one or two. So think about whether you might have one, get your hand up there. And the reason I brought that up is community. Um, we, we talked, this word just bubbled up here. I love how the energy, those are just extending the wave across our, our brains going by here. Um, community came up. And uh, this is a really interesting uh, facet of this whole NFT space. The word community comes up over and over and over again. But Discord and kind of like a base of a tribe and all that stuff. Um, tell us about tell us about your community, Justin, and what's going on there. Yeah, tell us about quantum. So I guess when when I when, we, when I talk about community, I, I look at my peers, the people collecting the work, the people who are interested in supporting the artist's journey, even if they can't afford to support, they're there, they show up, mm -hmm. they they're there to you know inspire other people to join. And I think you know everyone's valuable in the community if you show up, and I think that's the most important thing you get that you can leave the room here with to show up for the people that you are inspired by or care for in NFTs and you learn a lot just by being present with them and their, and their community that they're building. Um, I built a community around my project Twin Flames and it turned into a, a company called Quantum and you know through my success in photography, like photography has always been an undervalued medium, no one takes it seriously but you know what we're doing on the blockchain makes it valuable, makes it not disposable that you're looking through Instagram just swiping away um, you're looking at something that you deem valuable, and with that value, we created a community, and we over we oversaw just myself and branched to others. I see one of our quantum artists in the audience. So, like through what, the work we've done, we've we've supported like dozens of other artists and hundreds in the future. And that, to me, is community because you, what, what you take from yourself and you give to more, it, that creates the community. Beautiful. Here. Um, And um, just, just to clarify this, all this, is this, the blockchain facilitates this, right? If the blockchain's not there, it seems like it's harder. Is it because of the very clear ownership that we give to people? They can not only like, think of themselves in the community, but actually like have a proof of community. Is that it? Well, you can go down like different like, paths with that, but like surface level, like the ownership is on the blockchain, Let's say, for example, you own a piece from Super Chief or Twin Flames or Quantum, like you see your fellow collectors like, name there. But I think the community really develops both on Twitter and Discord when people are communicating around the project and spending time within those servers, just talking about the artists and the project. You know, and that's what really gives life to the communities and the projects and also going to the events that are hosted in real life. So there's a, there's a mirror between showing up in person to Super Chief or wherever other space is holding space and being in the Discord just, just as 
to be online presence as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I know, Ed, like a huge impetus for you is bringing the community together, making this an IRL thing. I know even just, you know, we've got our po podcasting is almost like, we're, by the way, we're working on something to fix this, but it's an underground thing. But podcasting is very much this thing that's talking to a black box, right? That's how it started. I don't know who's our, who are they? But it's this mysterious thing out there. Through Discord and different ways of building community, um, we're able to connect with people. And then uh, it's really fascinating meeting people here who I've just known in Discord or whatever. I'm like, wow, you're even cooler than I thought you were. You're even cooler than I thought you were, you know? This is so wonderful. So, yeah, tell me about how that's bubbling up for you, Ed. And, and was that intentional from the very beginning or is it something that emerged for you? Always, always. From the very beginning, the purpose of Super Chief and everything that we're doing is to kind of bring together this community, like these communities, and we've been a gallery for 10 years. You know, for us it was, how do we take the community that we're a part of, we're all going to each other's parties, we're all going to each other's shows and exhibitions and all of it, and we support each other, but what if there was a place that you could keep going back to that was growing as fast as the scene was? And what if, something that was really breaking my heart early on was twofold. It was one, this was all born, Super Chief was born out of the 2009 economic depression. Like as soon as that moment happened, we watched artists from our community quit. We watched artists from our community go home to their parents and you know, try to find like a real job and just lose their life's calling. Like people that I'd known from college, I'd known for eight years, nine years, 10 years, and it's like, they stopped. And it was heartbreaking, you know? So for us it was like, well first, why isn't there a safety net for our community? And why isn't there like a structure that actually unifies us? If we all do love each other and like each other and all this stuff and believe in each other, why aren't we building a structure that actually does it? And then the second thing was, it also broke my heart when, you know, people that we worked with and people that are part of the friend group and community get cherry picked out of it, you know, and do really, really well, but then get so disconnected from their community and friend base that they're isolated. I've watched our friends get depressed, and I've watched the scene get depressed because, you know, they now feel like they're not part of those real, the friendship wasn't real, you know, and that like, they feel like they're less than. So we built Super Chief to grow fast, aggressive, take opportunities and really jump at them to elevate not just Super Chief as a brand, but the community that we're a part of, so we can make it so like they can be with us as we get better and bigger and older. You know, so like, you know, I'm very proud to say like Justin is a Super Chief artist. You know, Twin Flames premiered at Super Chief in 2019 as a solo exhibition, and we loved it. You know, it was an incredible, the installation, the whole thing was like a really beautiful moment. And to see what he did from 2019 to now is nothing short of astounding. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, incredible thing, and I'm consistently proud. That, yeah. Cheers. So proud. <laughs> Let's yeah. give a round of applause, guys. Yeah, Justin. A lot of, yeah. It's a lot of hard work and passion going on there. And we try to make it a space so, like, you know, Justin feels comfortable sticking around. You know, we're like working hard enough to make it so it's a place that he continues to work with us and feel comfortable being with us. And it's an honor to like, you know, it's the same for Swoon, you know? It's the same for Drifter Shoots and other people that we believed in before 
I, I've known Simone for 20 years, you know, like before when she was an illegal graffiti artist, we were drinking beers on roofs and part of the same community. And it's like to see her be taking over a couple museums a year and still come back to do things with the community is what we've spent the last 10 years building. I don't want the community to leave each other. I want to build something that has multiple cities that has a community base for them and makes them feel like they're a part of it. Did you, did you guys have comments on it? Did you? Well, yeah, you know, I have recently had the opportunity to become friends with, with Ed and Justin and then very recently Nicole and this community that um, you're building at Super Chief, I've been there firsthand to watch you execute on these incredible events and it's, it's very exciting, you know? I mean, there's so much happening and I think people really have been craving meeting each other physically because we've been so isolated in the pandemic. And, and at the same time, the pandemic has given us the opportunity to connect with artists all over the world. And that was possible before, like nothing was stopping us from jumping on Zooms with artists all over the world, but I wasn't doing that until the, the pandemic hit. And I've been meeting, I've been doing studio visits with artists all over the continent of Africa, all over Asia, all over South America. And, you know, that, I don't know, there's something different happening with the, connect, the connectivity that the blockchain is kind of allowing for. And what, what I see is really exciting is that, like, it's almost like this spiderweb phenomenon where there's this decent, like the, the blockchain is this decentralized web and we're sort of shooting these networks of, of spider webs all over the world and artists are creating these micro economies because, you know, when you go, when you go to, to Europe next, if you're going to Europe next week, I think, you know, you're going to form all these relationships with artists there and we begin supporting the artists there, the collectors begin supporting us and, that's, you know, the, we have such a problem economically with disparity of wealth that, like, this is a real tool to, to uplift the globe economically through art. You know, in a, in a, whatever scale that takes, but I think it's never been able to operate at this scale before. So I think that's just very promising. Yeah. We keep it over for thoughts from Nicole, but... Well, no, just leveling the playing field. It's just... Yeah. Um, did anybody have a question out there? Do you want to raise your hand? I want to just point out, I forgot to mention this, I do have a hand there, and I might just jump down there and give you the mic. Uh, but we've been showing artwork from featuring, I don't know if everybody knows, but, but Lady Cactoid was uh, kind enough to put a, uh, together a slideshow featuring art from everybody on the panel here. Um, so hopefully you've been enjoying that, just, just select selections. But I'm gonna run out there and grab a question, and then we'll probably have to wrap up, you know, as we, so everyone can get to the main stage session here. Um, but yeah, I saw a gentleman with his hand up. Hey, yeah, 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 come on. Oh, yeah, just use the mic so Yeah, actually it's for the, um, the gentleman of the gallery. I was curious about what you, how you feel, what you've learned, what you're doing to um, sort of mentor and support artists coming into the NFT space, and like what, 
what it, as an artist, like what the value add feels like. And I don't know, I'm sure there's a learning process to get it to where you're at already and all that, but I just, I'm curious, I'm just interested in like, you know, it's, it's both the gallery and this digital space. So. Totally, yeah. totally. I think uh, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll do it quick so we can keep it quick. Yeah, sure. um, I would say the role of the gallery in our, in the way that we're doing it, is I'm trying to make sure that our artists are really, really having access to education because I want them to be independent. I want an artist not to need me. I think the best thing that I can be doing is making sure an artist doesn't need a gallery. And if it's them getting to be on the blockchain, they can really do that themselves. And I just want to make sure they you know, do it safely and do it in a way that's educated. Beyond that, I want to really be specific in adding the value that we add. Because when it's, it's the old model was 50-50 because you couldn't scale. You know, straight ahead. Like it was 50-50, there's overhead, there's all the things. That, with this new medium, we're talking about a global presence. We're talking about an ongoing secondary market world. There are different systems in place now. So it's like it's much different than the 50-50 model. I would cap at like 20. You know, unless somebody wants us to build other revenue relationships with other things and then it gets a little more complicated. But as far as us being a gallery, I, my favorite part of this is how transparent everything is. I think things being transparent and then, you know, you needing less oversight and less trust to be sure you're going to be paid keeps things moving faster, keeps things needing less overhead. And then also, it's really obvious when somebody's adding value because you can be specific in like, what is your level of participation? Are you doing a physical thing? Is there a physical element to it? Is there staff appropriated to that? Is there a marketing team? All these things that are like checklistable, you know? But it's not this murky, you have to go through me because it's the only way to sell shit. Like that's dead. So that's really important. All right. Yeah, man, I'd love to hang out all day. <laughs> um, so we'll wrap it up, but I think um, just so everybody here, is it, is it brief? What do you think? <laughs> just say it quickly, I'll see if I can. So she's asking if they have an actual piece along the physical when somebody comes in. So we started as a traditional gallery, physical. In 2016, we started showing digital native work. Um, for us, for like the last year, it's been really important to lean heavy into NFTs strictly, just to show that there could be a dedicated space strictly for NFTs. Now that we did that for a year, we're going to still keep locations that are just NFTs, but we really, the goal is large warehouse gallery locations that have daytime education and community programming, nighttime exhibitions, hybrid gallery. The idea is traditional physical works and their digital counterparts. Thanks for that. Um, what I did want to do before we wrap up is just to give a chance to go, go down the path here one more time and just let each, each person share where you folks can find out more about them. So take your notebooks out and so on and so forth because um, there's a lot. You'll go down some rabbit holes. Hopefully you come back from one and go, up, go down the other hole <laughs> to find out about everybody. Yeah, but Justin, where would you send people to find out more? You can 
go to quantum.art is the website. You can go to our Discord, Quantum. You can find me on Twitter, Justin Aversano, and that's pretty much it. Beautiful. Ed? Uh, you can go to Twitter at SuperChiefNFT. You can go to SuperChiefGalleryNFT.com. And you can shoot us an email at SuperChiefGalleryNFT at Gmail. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter at Lady Cactoy. Um, that's my handle. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, you can go to my Instagram account, which is Nicole Buffett Art, and I have a link tree there to OpenSea, Super Rare, my website, all of this stuff. Nicole Buffett Art. Awesome. And yeah, thank, thanks everyone. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure to visit edgeofnft.com slash discord to continue the conversation. And also visit edgeofnft.com slash AR to plant a 3D augmented reality tree right from your mobile device inspired by our forthcoming Living Tree NFT collection, which will offer you the hottest alpha and participatory benefits within our ecosystem. The Living Tree NFT collection will also plant over 100,000 real trees. All right. Well, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.